1: Don't know where the screen is, but I, the Rams don't really deserve an intro this week, so we could just skip it. How about that? Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Fudding Heads Podcast. <laughs> I'm Steve Ribeiro. You're with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, I'm pretty sure the last time the Rams won a game, the World Series had not started yet. And I don't know if the NBA season had started either. I have to look up how long ago this was. How are you doing? After, what are we at, five straight losses, six straight losses?
2: Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I think my fantasy football team is doing about as good as the Rams are. Though, the difference is, my team actually won this past week, so
1: there's that. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, the last time the Rams won, NBA had not tipped off yet. So Damn. World's, I don't, they might have not even been on the the conference finals or whatever the baseball equivalent of that is. NLCS, ALCS. There we go. Yeah, it's been a while. November or October 16th. Today we are recording this. It is November 29th. That's so depressing. You know, I, I'm going to say something. I think they might win this week. I don't, I don't think they will, but they might. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man i th- i think they may win this week i don't think so but they might
1: <laughs> well you know we have a history of winning games we shouldn't win against the seahawks and this feels like a jeff fisher rams type of year so i'm kind of getting that bug like
2: yeah maybe we'll beat the seahawks at home i you know what i wouldn't it would not surprise me in the least just because for whatever reason we have the similar hold over the Seahawks as the 49ers have over us so maybe we'll see I hope so Uh, just because I can't stand Pete Carroll but that's just me
1: a a loss for them this week would be tough Uh, they've lost two straight games they're six and five they're kind of free falling a little bit Losing to the three and eight lifeless Rams, starting Bryce Perkins at quarterback, not great, not great. Um, okay, I need to pull up the box score of this week's game because I'm. You know what I've realized, Johnny? I'm I'm just numb. I'm so numb at this point. This this loss didn't affect me in the slightest. I actually felt kind of good after this game, a game that we lost twenty six to ten. I felt as good as I felt watching the Rams in weeks.
2: Maybe we should buy the royalties from uh Lincoln Park to to uh start off the podcast with numb <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing actually I I would absolutely love to hear that but uh I imagine that's really expensive
1: like all things considered am I crazy for thinking they actually played okay in this game they were so close to covering they were so close to covering that 15 and a <laughs> half line uh but and they ended up some- losing by 16. Well
2: it it wasn't as bad cuz like I feel like you get basically the tale of of two games here where if you go by Rams Twitter it's like everything was terrible and mind you it wasn't a, an uplifting game by any means but it wasn't nearly as bad as what some fans are are suggesting it was take you know whatever moral victory from that as you can but yeah there was there was things to appreciate in that game and uh i'm i'm pretty sure if you actually sat and watched the abuse that uh you probably know where the moral victory is but yeah there was things to appreciate for sure
1: well i i think nobody's wrong here because it wasn't that bad and the fact that we are yet the fact that we're saying a 26 to 10 loss wasn't that bad is bad <laughs> that is that in <laughs> itself is bad yes it, 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 it's just i don't know like i i was arguing with somebody on reddit this week about um how i was saying the rams have prioritized receiver way too much over the last couple years. And they were like, well, that's how they built the team. That's how they won a championship. And they were like, this is never, this is not a team that would have ever drafted Creed Humphrey at 57. And I was like, but isn't that part of the problem? You know, yes. that like they wouldn't consider doing something like that. Like that's just so insane that they wouldn't consider drafting this guy because they have Brian Allen who at that point had proven nothing to being an NFL player. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's talk a little bit about this game. I think we could start with Bryce Perkins. First career start, good for him. Goes 13-23 to 23 for 100 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, sacked three times, 29.4 QBR, added nine carries for 44 yards on the ground. So I think all this proved to me was he is literally exactly who we thought he was. Like, I didn't learn a single thing about Bryce Perkins watching this game. It was he was fun to watch. He made some things happen that you know he was making plays out of nothing a good amount of time. But he also is a, not a good passer, and you know I I think if if he sharpens up a little, he can earn the backup job next year if Stafford comes back. But I mean, I learned nothing new here. This is exactly what we thought he was watching him play in the preseason.
2: Yeah, it, it was nothing surprising whatsoever. I, I will say that in terms of adjusting, because I mean, playing in the preseason is just, in my opinion, really like a step above the, uh, maybe a little bit more than a step, but a few steps above like playing on the collegiate level. Because let's face it, a lot of times, a lot of the guys playing in the preseason there's a good chance they they the majority will not be on the um, on the roster, especially in the Rams' case. So, what you prove in the preseason doesn't really mean much. And then seeing him adjust to basically starting NFL caliber, yeah, it's about what I expected to see. Uh, you know, I I. You know, I can't say that I was disappointed because I expected this. I expected it to be a low passing yards, which it was. I expected him not really attempt to throw the ball downfield, which he didn't. Um, And I expected him to run for his life, which he did. So, yeah, uh, he didn't disappoint in that regard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's. And it was an admirable first start given the situation. He's coming into a dog shit offense. The whole offensive line is injured. The whole receiving core is injured. He loses Allen Robinson like the day before the game, which we we'll talk about later. Um but you know, he, he did I I don't know. It's not not a pretty box score, but I'm kind of excited to see what he does over the next two weeks against the the Seahawks and the Raiders defenses that he should matchups that he might be able to do something with if he can have a good day. And I'm not going to sit here and say it, a good day, but it is a matchup against a very good defense and just one of the best top to bottom teams in the NFL, if not the best. There's no way he was going to come in and, and light them on fire. It just, it just was never going to happen.
2: Not at all and and the fact that you know the the Rams did, you know because I, I wasn't joking last week when I said the Rams uh, had a possibility of losing the game. I believe I predicted forty two to seven. Uh, I you know, I would have stood by that statement, but all things considered, they lost by sixteen points, which isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things i I mean, this is a team without their starting quarterback, without their top two wide receivers, with a running back in disarray, running back by committee in disarray. And then of course, you having quite possibly the worst offensive line in of football. So yeah, I I'm actually surprised that that it wasn't worse.
1: Well and it very I, well could have been. I think that is a testament to the defense. Yes. They had no a after a couple of real shitty games, they had this is a, a very good performance by them. To give up twenty six points to the Chiefs and and granted the last two the, the last six points came near the end of the game where the Rams were just throwing interceptions and lining up the Chiefs in field goal position. And so really it was a a, a a 10 to 20 game for most like really if you're going to grade the defense and to get it to get a um an interception on on the goal line huge play huge play um basically giving the rams a shot and <laughs> like to go back on bryce perkins and the offense i guess the rams did a lot of things in this game to get the offense a shot um in the first half They run a fake punt, and it works. Riley Dixon throws a first down. The next play, we get sacked and lose nine yards, and we end up going three and out again. Uh, In the second half, near the end of the game, um, the Rams offense, they finally put together a really good drive. 14 plays, 75 yards. Get a touchdown, make it 10 to 20. Defense bends a little bit. They give up a long six... Six-minute, 12-play drive, but they ended in an interception. They set the offense up to have a shot, and Bryce Perkins throws an interception on the second play. So, like, I, I don't know. Is there anyone, any individuals that really stood out to you defensively? Um, to me, it was just really as a whole just a, a solid day, and I think something that we kind of all needed to see that there's still a little juice left in this unit because – the way things were heading, it seemed like they would give up 50 points in this game.
2: I mean, there was, there was a couple of players that really stood out to me. I mean, um, it was quite possibly the best performance of Nick Scott uh, this entire season. Uh, You know, Nick Scott has always been a guy that has overperformed expectations. That doesn't necessarily mean he's like one of the best players on the team. Uh, but, in this game in particular, he really stood out a lot. Uh, was came in with a couple of good hard hits at critical moments, and, and of course, you got to give it up to Bobby Wagner, who was all over the field. Uh, Bobby Wagner really played like he was young Bobby Wagner in this game, and uh, that's that's impressive. He was one of the main reasons why uh, the Rams were able to you know keep the the Chiefs out of the uh, the end zone. So. Yeah, those two, I feel like, deserve the biggest praise in this game for sure.
1: Yeah, the and the secondary in general, who we have been r- r- deservingly ragging on a lot, um, had a pretty good game overall. Um, I like Nick Scott. I-, I think he's a player. Is, is this his contract year? Because I, ho- I hope not. Oh, God. All right. Well, it's been fun knowing you, Nick Scott. Maybe... <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, it'll make me feel worse about him if we keep him because it won't be for a lot of money. And that would make it feel like maybe nobody's chasing after him. I don't know.
2: Um, I, I I like Nick Scott, but I don't know if I want to pay him top dollar either. That's,
1: no, no. that's I don't think anyone together. will. I, I'm curious <laughs> to see what his market value is.
2: Yeah, if, if there are teams going to overpay for him, I'd say nice knowing you, Nick. I I'm, I hope you make that paper.
1: Yeah, but, you know, we should have some cap space. And if that's a guy that you could keep for, like, somewhere like between five to eight million, probably try and make it happen.
2: Ouch, my wallet.
1: (laughs) It's always fun. Like, it's not a lot of money, but it certainly is a lot of money.
2: For the Rams, that's like like five or eight million (laughs) dollars. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the the rams are are e- even though there will be some money i believe um the rams are still going to be pinching pennies
1: yeah they especially
2: might if they want to sign anybody
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. we uh <laughs> i i have a topic later on the docket that will involve poor financial spending uh, they need somebody to teach them how to take care of their money. You know, like former play, players do that for current players. Somebody should sit down with Les Sneed and teach him how to not make stupid investments.
2: The irony in that is he basically—I I don't know if it's if if it's him specifically that arranged that—but um, <laughs> every year they do this for for the rookies, the, yeah. uh, the the rookie draft classes. They have them go through like. This sort of class to, uh, you know, basically be smart with your money. Uh, may- maybe Les Needs should join them in the 2023 NFL draft class. <laughs> I think that would be beneficial.
1: <laughs> I agree. Um, just talking through some of the offensive players in this game. I mean, like these games are so weird to talk about because we're just trying to find things that actually matter in a lost season, in a loss. Like, cause I'm just so used to not talking about like, oh, well this will, you know, if they keep doing this, it'll help them in the long run. And like, there's just nothing like we're talking about again, that Bryce Perkins started the receivers, the, the, the receiving box score in this game is hilarious. Uh, Van Jefferson led the way three receptions for 29 yards and a touchdown. Kieran Williams, three, three catches for 25 yards Tutu Atwell, two catches for 23 yards. Uh, played fifty-two percent of the snaps. They're finally playing him. They don't really have an excuse at this point. Um, he's still really kind of split reps with Skaronic and Lance McCutcheon and Brandon Powell, which I guess is fine. You know, his his couple of catches looked okay. I I want them to keep trying to get him involved because this they, like. They should really be making a decision on whether or not this is a guy that can be useful for them, and you're only going to find out by playing him, and hopefully, in the Sean McVay era, we never have this kind of opportunity again. I think that's everybody's goal, is to never be in this position again. And so, out of all the young guys that we can really see and get a good look at, I think Tutu and Kieran Williams, who played a shitload in this game, 70% of the snaps, um, those are the guys that they really need to get a look at and decide if these are pieces. Obviously, I don't envision either guy being a cornerstone piece, but, like, pieces that you can implement.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: You you know, the the interesting thing about uh, Williams is he, um, even though he didn't exactly do anything spectacular, one of the things that I enjoyed seeing is, um, you know, kind of the work ethic out there, the guy that just seemed like he wanted to be there. Um, And, you know, it, it might sound odd to say that, but considering you got, you know, someone like Cam Akers who it's a big question mark if he wants to be there or not, you know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, making Williams the starter, you know? And, he basically
1: is. Uh, yeah, I know he, I, he didn't start the game, but yeah, he he definitely out snapped Akers by a lot. As he should, Yeah, to I be agree.
2: honest. And, and because, I mean, if we're being real here. I think there's almost like a 0% chance that Cam Akers is back in a Ram uniform in 2023. I, I, I would be shocked if Akers is back. I think the Rams end up trading or cutting him at some point in the offseason. Because why? Why would you continue to work with him when it's very clear that both sides can't make it work? I, I, I don't know if he could you know, really, you know, resurrect his career elsewhere, but if he is going to resurrect his career, it's not going to be in Los Angeles, at least not with the Rams.
1: I, yeah, I, if you could get anything for him, like, I think, hypothetically, somebody calls us in March and says, I'll give you a seventh round pick for Cam Akers. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to move on. Um, I take that in a heartbeat yeah like he he's playing replacement level football so and I mean unless they are just not planning on adding a running back which I would be dumbfounded if they don't add a running back through free agency through trade through the draft next year uh and I'm not even saying they should but they're going to and so I don't this is just not your guy I, I think nobody nobody's committed to even trying to make him your guy who else was on that list? <laughs> Bryson Hopkins had a catch for 12 yards. Jacob Harris had a catch for six yards. That was from uh, Riley Dixon. So not an offensive play for, for our guy, Jacob Harris. Brandon Powell caught two catches for six yards. Ben Skoranek, two for five. Lance McCutcheon wasn't able to haul on any of his three targets. Guy who played in this game, Johnny, not even in the box score. Uh, Tyler Higby, who <laughs> I was sitting there. I tweeted out. I was like, is he playing and then like the next play he trots out uh in in the red zone and didn't get a target had the worst offensive grade of the day for the rams by pro football focus played 59 percent of the snaps why was he active why, why activate him <laughs> for this
2: it, it's it's a good question and um as as a tyler higby fantasy football owner say boy this guy is either gonna give you some decent points
1: or he ain't gonna give you shit. <laughs> yeah, that that was mind blowing. Um mind blowing. might as well shut him down. I don't know. Any um any other lingering thoughts on this game? Any I don't really have any thoughts on the line. You know they're fine for them. Nobody got <laughs> hurt, right?
2: As far as I know, I don't believe so. Huge win. (laughs) But, yeah, I just... uh... One other thing I will say, though, is I still have a lot of questions to some of the judgments from the entire season from Sean McVay. Like, I I will still never understand why now you are using uh, Tutu Atwell. And and don't get me wrong, I'm glad that he's finding something for him. And and yes, part of it is because Cup and Robinson are out. Yeah, he he
1: doesn't have a choice. Yeah. He has to play him. But the thing is,
2: you start using Tutu Atwell when you have a quarterback in there that can't throw past 10 yards. So you, what, what what's the point? You know, you lose all usage out of out of Tutu Atwell because his main purpose is to stretch the field. And obviously that's not the same uh the same type of quarterback that that you know, Perkins is but still, like you had Matthew Stafford for a good chunk of the season, you didn't bother to use him except for a handful of times. And, and while i I am not a huge tutu Atwell believer, but you're not exactly setting up the man for success either. You know, it's it's baffling to me why he's now being used when you can't actually use him i don't know like for me it, it's it's very big question marks here and, and yes he doesn't necessarily have a choice now because there are so many limited bodies but still i just i don't know like it, it just it's a big question mark for me
1: i think i think the big question is like it's weird that he was getting scratched while van jefferson was out like i think to your point like he has to play right now but it's a bigger question of you drafted this guy to do something and he actually did it. You know, they called his number two weeks ago and he did it. He did what you drafted him to do, but you're not really like, like you're not even suiting him up. And it's something we've talked about. And like, not, we don't have to relitigate the draft pick because we both said he could work out as a player and it was still an awful draft pick, but you're not like, yeah, like they hadn't been giving him a shot. And like you said, now, like, it's nice to see him actually, you know, I, I don't mind seeing him run some actual routes that aren't just goes uh, because to be to truly be a useful player, you can't just run straight and then come off the field. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I do think it's a little bit of a good experience for him, but it's weird that they didn't really try to use him a lot earlier. I mean, he had... Well, like how many target? I'm gonna look up how many targets he had prior to this game because this is the most snaps he's ever played by far in a game. It's uh, it's it's been a bizarre experiment, to say the least. <laughs> there were so many players we like. Our our biases aside about one offensive lineman, there were a lot of positions you could have addressed at that pick. players that you would have used and they went with a guy who they for a year and a half well he got hurt last year but in the first half of last season they didn't try to use him and then in the first half of this season they they didn't really try to they they he had before this week on the year he had one two three four five targets so yeah what are you doing what are you doing
2: it's almost uh, bittersweet playing against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, also, because they have two players that the Rams could have benefited from. Yep. And instead, they went and drafted Tutu Atwell.
1: Yep. And I mean, at least in the Nick Bolton case, you could say they drafted Ernest Jones in the next round. Sure. Well, you could have drafted Nick Bolton at 57. You probably could have drafted Tutu Atwell at 103. Oh no question, <laughs> no
2: question. Um, yeah, and I, that's why the Chiefs are can you know pretty much uh, always relevant. Uh, always, you know, uh, you know, maybe they don't make the Super Bowl every year, but they're right in contention every year.
1: We yeah the we need to relitigate a lot of these drafts so in the McVay era because they are aging like milk. I think yeah. you know maybe the best player they've drafted in the last four or five years plays for the Jets because we cut him after a year. It's <laughs> just crazy stuff. I, I We talked about this game for too long. Let's move on to the injury report, which is piling up. Um, new on the injury report this week. We've all been waiting for it. Aaron Donald popped up. Um, the rumor is... Uh, a high ankle sprain, I think. I think that's the rumor right now. It's an ankle injury, so he's not playing again this year, right? Why? Why should he? Well, I agreed. This will be the first uh, game he's missed during injury due to injury. But like, if this guy has any, if if he's not one hundred percent, a complete one hundred percent, he should not sniff the football field. If
2: he has a hangnail, I don't want him out in the field. You know, I, I, there's no point why, you know, uh, as it is, he was, he was the only one creating pressure, uh, against quarterbacks. Anyway, Uh, the only difference is now you don't have Aaron Donald.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's (laughs) going to be rough. Uh, I take back what I said about them potentially winning because I forgot he's not going to play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, a high ankle sprain is not a joke, and it's not. If if we were eight and three, he'd miss time with a high ankle sprain. We are three and eight. He shouldn't play again this year, and so it's probably going to end. It's definitely going to end the All Pro streak. It's probably going to end the Pro Bowl streak. It's uh, the whole season's a bummer, but like. Listen, there are still good players on this team. Let them sit. Don't risk any big injuries to these guys. Make them want to play for your team next year. Same thing exactly. we said about Stafford, how he shouldn't sna- take another snap again this year. Let's do the same with Donald. Any of these guys, if, if they could get him off the field. Um. <laughs> now, in the case of addition by subtraction, Allen Robinson popped up on the injury report like Saturday, right? He doesn't play. He gets put on the IR. He's done for the year. Um, what? What was his injury? Foot. It was a foot injury. He's getting surgery. He finishes his first year with the Rams. Thirty-three catches on fifty-two targets for three hundred thirty-nine yards and three touchdowns. Is, Boy, that's disappointing. Is this the worst free agent signing Les Snead has ever made?
3: Mm.
1: It's. I think it's definitely the worst they've had during the McVay era, right?
2: Yes. You
1: could throw out like, yeah, obviously Deshaun Jackson contributed less. Like, you go back to like Cody Sensible contributed <laughs> less. Like, but those guys weren't making that much money. We have to pay Allen Robinson eighteen million dollars next year. Um, the only way we could really get out of that money is if we trade him after June 1st, which never happens. Um, if we cut him, like we lose $8.4 million. And so he's going to be here next year. Maybe he figures it out. Um, his out after 2024, it would still cost the team 8.4 mil in dead cap, but they would save money overall because he's also making 18 million that year. Like, the the signing made sense in theory to replace Robert Woods with Al Robinson because he does things that Robert Woods didn't. The problem was he didn't do anything. And so it's just a colossal failure. And I don't – I have no faith he rebounds next year. Even if he plays okay, he is not going to be worth that cap number. Like not even close.
2: I – I, I... – not shutting the door on him just yet, but I also think that it would benefit the Rams to try and find another weapon uh, because clearly the cup and Robinson being the one, two punch didn't exactly work. Now, part of that is because really the offense never got into a rhythm at all. uh, But you know, that, that is something to consider, you know, as we move, you know, closer to the off season, but I I wouldn't shut the door on Allen Robinson just yet. I just think the Rams need to find a little bit more of an identity on the offense because clearly trying to utilize a similar offense to their Super Bowl caliber offense, uh, was not the right transition. And, uh, yeah, moving forward, they're going to have to make adjustments, uh, change the identity quite a bit. And, uh, you know, uh, I think if they find that, you know, that nice uh, sweet spot, that nice rhythm for them, this uh, this could potentially work. But I think it's going to take some work.
1: I just don't, from what we saw from Robinson this year, which was they weren't trying to actively to run plays to get him the ball. Nor was he getting open. Like, I just can't imagine this that he ends up being worth this value. And, yeah, the fact that we're saying, like, they might have to bring in another receiver. After yeah. all, they've invested in receiver over the last three years. It's just fucking like a joke. Um, and it's, it's, it's not totally their fault that Allen Robinson might be cooked, but he looked horrible last year and you get one big signing, it has to work, and it it doesn't. And if you spent the money you spent on him on any other position, we might be looking at different results this year. If you, if you spent what you spent on him on Odell Beckham, we feel more positively about next season. Not that that That's would have been true. a good decision, but like, you you alienated him in the process with this move. Whether we like it or not, we've been acting like they didn't. This clearly alienated him a bit. Um, and you still could have paid both of them, but they didn't. You know?
2: Now, Steve, it's not like we kicked him off a plane or anything. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> I had to. Sorry.
1: Tough luck. Um, I mean, Johnny, I don't know if you realize this, but... I didn't even bring up that Jared Cook was a worse signing than Allen Robinson. Coming from me, because he wasn't. He wasn't a worse signing. He contributed more.
2: I mean, to be honest, Jared Cook was not a bad player. You know, a bad teammate, there's no doubt there.
1: He's a bad player. He was a bad player for us. He had some flashes his first year, um, but Allen Robinson has had no flashes.
2: No. No. I, I I think that uh Allen Robinson is going to need help which is disappointing because he was supposed to be the help. But yeah. I I think he's going to need at least at least somebody that can be reliable, somebody that could be a threat. Maybe you don't go and get a flashy player, but you know, maybe you go out and look for Somebody that can at least Do what Tutu Atwell was supposed to do Like a Brandon Cooks Type of player Without being Brandon God. Cooks
1: it, It's going to be Brandon Cooks Johnny I,
2: I would love to have Brandon Cooks, Cooks Back and truthfully The only reason why we got
1: rid of him Was because Jared Goff couldn't get him The football it, And to, like It is entirely possible that We trade Allen Robinson for Brandon Cooks,
2: but I would do that in a heartbeat.
1: Well, we would have to give up stuff, which sucks because we just paid. Hey, this
2: guy. hey, you want Cam Akers? I'll happily include him. <laughs> you want a a 20, first round pick? I'll, I'll I'll include that also.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know their their salaries are kind of similar. Um, it probably would have to be a post June first trade we'd have to give up stuff to move to make that move because Brandon cooks has value and Al Robinson doesn't, but like that's, that's, that's possible. That is certainly possible. If, if the Rams, if there's no animosity between the two sides,
2: yeah, that's another thing to consider as well. But the fact that the Rams were inquiring about him, at least if you believe the rumors, uh, the fact that there was potential inquiring for brandon cooks makes it seem like there may be some potential in him playing in los angeles but i don't know i you know ultimately only cooks really knows the answer to that
3: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I think they'd figure it out. Cook's, cook seems like a, a, a guy who wouldn't who wouldn't let that trade not happen because he has a grudge he doesn't seem like that type of guy so um this is obviously it's going to be the first year ever that there's not an actual pro bowl but they still name pro bowlers and the voting returns they they nfl came out with the most pro bowl votes by position obviously there are no rams on the list but um, it first time in years, in the L.A. era, we are probably not going to have a single Pro Bowler, which is um, insane because of how many players on this team are making, like, over $20 million.
2: Well, if we're going to be real, if Cooper Cup was healthy, he's, he's on the Pro Bowl for sure
1: and if he if he comes back within the next week or two he could still make it um I I dug through the list because he's definitely our best chance I think um and so you have Justin Jefferson's a lock AJ Brown's a lock CeeDee Lamb probably a lock if none of those guys get hurt and if, if Cup comes back and plays after he's off the IR which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think he's going to come back, and so I don't think this even matters. Um, He'll be competing with guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, Tyler Lockett. Certainly guys that if Cup comes back and plays probably would make it over, but um, I don't think he will come back, nor should he, and so he probably won't make it. And if Donald is going on the IR or going to miss a couple games, He's not gonna make it out either. He's never not made it. So be the first time in his entire career he doesn't make it.
2: Yeah, and to be honest, even if Aaron Donald didn't get hurt, I I don't know if he deserves to make the Pro Bowl this year. He
1: you he know? might not, but if he plays six seventeen games, what do you I think they would put him in the Pro Bowl. What do you think?
2: if if you go simply based off of popularity he gets in but like to tell you the truth it's not like he had a spectacular season either now it it's not necessarily his fault but he he hasn't really been putting up these magnificent numbers either and while his position doesn't technically really revolve around stats per se that's pretty much why he's been a lot to get into the pro Bowl that uh his entire career is because he does have the stats to back up what he does
1: yeah this I sure not so much no but he's still really good and I think he'd get no the, question. he'd get the like courtesy nod because he's Aaron Donald um yeah. but if he's injured he won't because I don't know if you remember this in 2019 Jalen Ramsey made the Pro Bowl And everyone was like, why Um, now we will really find out if these are a sham, if Jalen Ramsey makes the Pro Bowl this year. Um, And I think he's realistically if if Cup and Donald are done for the year, he's probably our best chance just off of name recognition. But he should absolutely not make the Pro Bowl.
2: Can we give it to Brandon Powell?
1: Now he hasn't had a Pro Bowl season. I wish but he's the savior. I love him. If he got in, I'd be hyped. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Nobody has played even close to sniffing it. Um, I looked up the tight ends in the NFC because I was like, maybe they suck, and Hickby could get in. There's no way. Uh, Dallas Goddard could not take a snap for the rest of the year, and he should still make it over Higby.
2: I think, other than than the usual suspects, maybe Matt Gay.
1: I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he's having a Pro Bowl year. Right. I mean, he's been fine, but he, the team's not good enough, and they only take one kicker. So yeah, so he's not. He's not seeking there. Who do you think is leading the AFC centers in Pro Bowl votes? creed
2: humphrey god damn it for good reason too the man's a fucking oh man he's a badass
1: (laughs) who would have thought um he was right there right now the rams if the season ended today we would have the 35th pick which means the lions will pick three um again Maybe one of the most win-win trades in the history of the NFL. <laughs> that
2: doesn't make me feel any better.
1: How many, I mean, how many trades, if you laid out what would happen in its entirety, would both teams emphatically say yes? Like, because because the the Staffan Diggs, Justin Jefferson trade gets thrown around a lot as... Um, you know, another win-win trade. And it was, but if you lay that on the table and tell them exactly what happens, the bills are not doing that trade. No, hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not doing that trade. It's been a great get for them. Staff on digs is fucking awesome. They are not doing that trade. They are taking Justin Jefferson with that pick.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no way in hell the bills stay. And if they make that trade, then they're freaking idiots you know justin jefferson is quite possibly the best receiver in football right now
1: generation talent i mean he's shaping up to be
2: yeah uh, he is the best receiver in football right now
1: that's a that's tough to uh say on this podcast johnny people might come for you
2: uh, you know what come for me you know if you're if we're talking 2021. Cup was the best receiver in football by far. We're talking 2022, and the Rams suck, and so so do uh, Cup's odds of being the best receiver in football. Not to yeah. mention he's hurt. So.
1: I, I think Justin Jefferson legitimately is the most valuable non-quarterback in the entire league. Not like saying if you could take one player to build a team to win a Super Bowl around this year, it's him. But if it's like if you redrafted the entire NFL, age counts, and – you don't count quarterbacks. He goes first. He's the first pick. Maybe Micah Parsons has a case, now that I say it out loud. Um, but those are your guys.
2: You You could certainly make that argument, especially now that the NFL is essentially a pass-heavy team, or a pass-heavy league. So, I mean, it's kind of been something that's been a cliche to say over the years, but now it's like, there's a reason why running backs have become so devalued uh, and it's because teams opt to throw the ball. It's why teams will overpay quarterbacks to the extent where you have guys like, you know, Ryan Tannehill making ridiculous amounts of money.
1: Well, and I think part of it is it's just so easy to find other running backs that like can give you 80% of what the best running backs in the league do. Um, like, it's not that hard. To, like, it's it's a lot harder to find that with receivers. Um, but outside of, like, you have your your top, top guys. Like, you know, injuries aside, your Derrick Henrys, your Christian McCaffreys, your Saquon Barkleys, those guys. Uh, there are other players I'm sure you could throw in there. Nick Chubb, probably. But once you get below that tier, like – Even, like, even a guy like Joe Mixon, like, the gap between Joe Mixon and the 20th best running back in the league, talent-wise, is probably not that crazy. And so, you just, you don't have to pay premium dollar for these guys because there's just so many of them. I mean, we're watching, I was watching the Jets game with my cousin this week, and uh, shout-out to Mike White, the god, Um. Who's who's the fuck? This guy just comes in and runs for like twenty yards. We're like, who the fuck is this? It was uh something Knight. I don't even remember his name. Uh, Uh, Zan zonovan Knight, undrafted rookie. Um, just pops onto the field and averages five yards a carry. It's like, a why can't we fucking find these guys? Seriously, like it's it's just it's not that hard to to replace running backs, which is, A, the reason why we were so against drafting a running back when we took Cam Akers, and, B, how much of a fucking failure it is that that guy isn't working out whatsoever. I know he had the injury, um, but he had, like, one good game before the injury. So, I don't know.
2: We definitely have a lot to consider, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, going into this off season.
1: Oh, yeah, I and mean, defensively too um yeah i it's gonna be a fun off season, um, and if it's not a fun off season, that means that either they failed miserably to figure out the fucking team or people retired um, yeah who's uh? I was trying to look at our upcoming free agents, but I don't see it. on.
2: Oh, we we have quite a few guys that we have to consider. Um, You know, most notably guys like David Edwards is going to be a big one. Um, Do you really want to, you know, invest in him? Don't know what the market's going to be like for him, but if teams are going to be throwing money at him, I say let him walk personally.
1: Uh, let's, um, this'll be fun. We can do this quick. Let's go rapid fire. I'm going to go down the list of free agents. We're going to say just say yes or no. If they're back, Um, uh, because okay. it's a waste of time to actually like dive into these guys. A Sean Robinson. I, I doubt he's back. No way. Troy Hill. <laughs> Fuck, no, dude. No. Uh, Matt gay. I think he's back.
2: I, I pray that he's back.
1: I, I think they'll make that work. Taylor Rapp. No. No. um, Ty Neschke. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Riley Dixon. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Brandon Powell. Please, God. Yes.
2: The Savior must come back.
1: But not a guarantee because I get to see somebody overpaying a little for him. Uh, I'm going to try and skip guys that like really don't matter here. David Long. No. No. Oh! Please, no. I'm going to say – I would say like – I'm kind of leaning yes because he's not going to make any money, but I, I think no. Um, John Wolford. I, I, I actually think it's – I think this is it. I think we've hit the end of the line here.
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, Bobby Evans.
2: For the love of God, no.
1: Bobby Evans will be back on a minimum contract and get caught at the end of August. You know, I would rather not. I even agree. if he gets cut. This is just my prediction. <laughs> I think that Greg Gaines just, just no. That's a tough one. Oh, I
2: would. I would personally love to see him back, but I don't think the Rams are going to pay for him.
1: Yeah. Well, it, like it'll be interesting if, assuming he has the same market value as like Sebastian Joseph Day had, that'll be a decision they have to make because you let Sebastian Joseph Day walk cuz Greg Gaines is on the team. But you don't have Greg Gaines to replace Greg Gaines. And so that that'll be interesting. I think Yeah, I think I think yes. I actually think he's back.
2: I hope he is. I really do, but uh, I I just think it depends on what the market has for him and uh, like I said, we it's not like we're rolling in, in in dough, so we'll see.
1: David Edwards? What you just said?
2: I – here's the thing. I I think with David Edwards, I'm okay with him coming back. But I would much prefer to bring him back after – you know, considering he's he's not being overpaid. But I I would like to bring him back on like a one- or two-year deal and then go out and sign, you know, a, a pretty damn good offensive guard and then basically have Edwards, Shelton, and Bruss all compete for the other starting uh, offensive guard spot. I think in a perfect universe, that's what should happen. But most likely, it'll be if they do bring back David Edwards, he's just going to come back as your starting guard, which is underwhelming.
1: Oh, yeah. I think the answer is no, he's not coming back, but... I think there is a world where they're delusional enough to think that they'd be a playoff team if they had no injuries in the line. And so they try and just bring back the same line, um, which I I don't think they'd be a playoff team with the, the line. They might be in the mix because it's not that hard to be in the mix, but I don't know. I still think they'd be bad this year. I don't think he's back. Um,
2: For the love of God, if they give this guy a like five-year deal, I'm going to be pissed.
1: I don't think they will. They they're gonna make a splash with that money. I think. Bryce Perkins, I think yes.
2: I, I think he's back. Also, I, I, I don't think you invest as much as you have in in Bryce Perkins without at least bringing him back as your backup. Now, if they're planning on this guy being the future starting NFL quarterback. I will be sincerely disappointed.
1: They're definitely not. There's no fucking way. Um, he's actually restricted for agent too, So he probably will be back. Um, Nick Scott. We did talk about Nick Scott. But I think yes. I think
2: no. Yeah. And
1: they never bring back safeties. So they
2: don't. <laughs> and the, the truth is they do. If there is one position, they have a knack for finding minus Taylor Rapp. Um, it's, It's uh, safety, you know, and and Nick Scott is a big part of that because, again, this was a guy we were figuring to just be a special teamer, and yet now he's making ridiculous plays. Uh, Now let's not twist things a little bit. Like I said, he's not like a pro bowler or anything like that. But still, I think he has value, and I do think that there will be teams that are going to, you know, throw money at him, maybe not crazy, crazy amount of money. But if there are teams throwing way too much money at him, I say let him walk.
1: Yeah, it's it'll be interesting because throughout this entire tenure of less Need, letting every fucking safety he's had walk, uh, literally all of them. We've kept some on the franchise tag for short amounts of time. There's always somebody behind them who you're like, okay, well, this guy can just step in and – you can at least talk yourself into him at worst. But with, you know, if it was just Taylor rap, he, Nick Scott would be the guy, but they're, they're both free agents. Yeah. Jordan Fuller's there. Who else? You know, I don't think that guy is in the building.
2: Yeah. I, I think for sure, if you're, if you're trying to find a replacement, it'll have to be through, uh, through the draft or potentially even through free agency. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, um, again, I, I don't necessarily worry about safety because for whatever reason, the Rams always seem to find a way to find, you know, decent safeties. And um, hopefully this continues. If not, you know, free agency couldn't hurt. Maybe we don't go out and get, like, the top-tier free agent. But um, I, 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 this is one position I really don't worry about.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I'm losing my faith in them just figuring it out when it comes to shit like this. But I don't know. Yes. I mean, it, Nick Scott Taylor, app you're not you're not losing that much sleep if those guys walk. Um, dude, I have nothing to talk about the Seahawks game this week. The Rams are seven and a half point underdogs at home, plus two eighty five money line according to wherever ESPN gets their stats here. I wish the money line was higher because I'm considering, because I, I have a fucking problem in that I talk myself into the Rams winning games because I, I could, I would consider this line.
2: You know, it's, Seahawks if, man.
1: It's, I don't know.
2: If, if the Rams were only worrying about the offensive line in this game, I think that they have a high chance of winning or at least a good chance. I, maybe a high chance isn't the right word. Uh, maybe a good chance of winning. But considering they're going to be without Stafford, Cup, Robinson. And, and then now you're taking Donald away.
1: The Robinson, and, the, the, that would not change either of our opinions if they were like, oh, he's healed. If yeah. <laughs> they were like, he can play it this week, it would not affect our decisions on this game. Maybe not,
2: but I feel a little bit better than Van Jefferson being your best wide receiver.
1: I don't. I honestly don't. <laughs> I
2: honestly don't. I I don't know, man. I it... Damn, that's depressing. He, also... like,
1: he looks like he, he doesn't look that much better than he was last year. No. No, he doesn't. I don't know. And as you're one, like, I mean, you you would think he would have stepped up to the plate, and, like, he really didn't. He had more catches because he had to. But, like, I don't know, man. Save that for the offseason. <laughs> Feels
2: like we're already in offseason. Uh,
1: I can't believe we have to watch this team play for six more weeks, dude. Uh, don't remind me.
2: But you know, as Ram fans, we're gonna sit there and watch it because we we you know watch them during the the two thousands. You know, uh, <laughs> we're we're gluttons for punishment, so uh, at least we can say this is the worst season they've had in in you know quite some time.
1: Yeah, I mean, this to me, this is. This is the worst season they've had since two thousand. Was it eleven? Sam Bradford's second year.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Because this this feels worse than twenty sixteen. I don't know if you agree or not. Those would be the contenders.
2: I still give this team a benefit of the doubt because I don't know if I've seen a more beaten up team. Than what we see in, in in this in this team right now.
1: Well, like put it this way: which season were were you more? Well, it's it's tough because we like we're obviously less miserable now than in 2016 because we're coming off a of fucking Super Bowl. But that's true. Comparing to expectations, this is a disaster compared to
2: 2016. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess we didn't expect a whole lot in 2016 but uh boy i the, the the freaking injuries just did not help anything
1: no no they did not i i still think 2011's worse because that was like you expected the rams to like set the foundation to be an up-and-coming team like sneak into the wild card after they just missed the playoffs <laughs> they won two games why okay hang on hang on i am looking at on um on oh i'm on over i'm on spot track and on the side it says trending players and the third highest player is cadillac williams
2: He still plays football. No, what?
0: Why? Why is he on this list?
1: (laughs) I didn't know he still played. He he's in the news as um he he's staying on the Auburn coaching staff, I guess. But oh okay. But why would people be looking up his Rams con or his NFL contracts?
2: (laughs) Is he still being paid?
1: No, dude, he hasn't played since 2011, since since the season in question. Like, what a coincidence that Cadillac Williams comes up. Uh, that was I his mean, last year in the NFL. He,
2: he could bust the Jalen Rose where the Lakers were paying him an re- obscene amount of money and he was basically retired <laughs> for, you know, like three years.
1: But, but like, he's not – how is he – he's out of Patrick Mahomes on the list. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Uh, give give me your prediction for the game this week, and then we'll go home.
2: Uh, I so badly want to say that the Rams are gonna pull out in victory. Ah, uh, you know what? Fuck it. For shits and giggles, I'm gonna say the Rams are gonna win this one, uh, 21 to 18.
1: I don't know if I believe the Rams are capable of scoring over 20 points anymore.
2: I, I you know what let me dream a little.
1: I I'm going to say 16-13 Seahawks, but I promise if I bet on the Rams, I'll post about it on Twitter. Um Let me
2: have this Steve. Let me have this.
1: You know, today I <laughs> I was going to bet $50 on the US game, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't know shit about soccer. So I bet 25. And that's why you always bet more money, Johnny. <laughs> Because now I only made $25. I could have made 50
2: Shame on you.
1: All right. Well, I don't know where iTunes is, so we're just going to hang up. Follow us on Twitter, at SuperBarrow, at Johnny5Not6, at TalkRams, and unfortunately, we will be back next week. <laughs> talk to- <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, if you're listening this late, End of the podcast after this season we've had. We appreciate you guys so much. Talk to you. You, later. you guys
2: you guys deserve a gold star and a cookie.
1: Amen. Amen. Go get yourself a cookie.